Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We're in the middle of a, uh, we're finishing up the series today called Emotions, where we've been discovering different emotions that we all have. Um, how many of you guys know, by a show of hands, how many of you guys know God gave us emotions? Raise your hands up. God-given emotions, yeah. Some of you, God bless you with more emotions than others. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have an overabundance of emotions. In fact, it might be a spiritual gift of emotions. Um, and so others of you, it's like 10 men. You know, there's not much there. Don't feel like there's much emotions. But we have all these emotions that we deal with in life. Um, I told you that in scriptures through the Gospels, Jesus exemplified 39 different kinds of emotions, different expressions of emotions, which shows us that, that not only are they God-given emotions, but they're very natural human emotions because he was just like us in every way. Um, and so the, we all have these emotions, but I've been telling you guys over the last couple of weeks that in our world today, our EQ has been messed up. Um, and remember, IQ is, intellig- uh, is, is inte- intellectual intelligence. EQ is emotional intelligence. And it's the ability to be able to handle and control our emotions. And I would say in our world today, that's kind of broken. How many would agree with that? That the emotional, the EQ is kind of broken in our world today. People don't know how to handle their emotions. They they give into their emotions. They give into venting and give into um, high anxiety, uh, give into um, anger, and they give into a lot of different kinds of emotions. And they put it all over social media, and it's just absolutely crazy. Uh, and we're seeing that happen day and day and day in. Uh, our first week, I said, "What would you? What word would you use to describe our world today?" And some of the things that said, they said, "Well, we feel numb. We feel angry. We feel anxious. Uh, we feel fearful." Uh, we're at a place of just want to kind of check out and not have to get, get involved with culture and with the world and what's happened. Emotions drive us, guys. Emotions are a very powerful point in our lives. And if we're not careful, it'll drive us to the wrong places. And so this series has all been around, around how to handle those emotions, how to handle sadness, how to handle anger, how to handle anxiety, how to handle stress. How do we handle these areas of our lives? How do we find peace? How do we find meekness? How do we find these things? And it's all found in God's word. Um, Today, I want to tackle, and I saved this for the very last one because this is probably one of the most uh, practical emotions that we're dealing with in our world today and we're dealing with for the last couple of years, and that is the emotion of fear. Fear. Now, just to kind of have a little bit of dialogue within your, around the people you're with, what are you fearful of? What causes fear to rise up in you? I remember March 2020, sitting in my office with Pastor Chris, who was in town to do some music with us, and um, he, we had just brought him in. He, we had just done a, a weekend service, and I remember sitting there on a Tuesday afternoon, March 2020, and the staff sitting around, and we're talking, and we just get the report in from Governor Reynolds that all non-essentials are shut down. Churches were closed. Supermarkets were, were to be uh, limited visits. Remember this? Remember where you were at? I remember where I was at. 
I remember what was going on. I remember the fear that swept through our office. The fear of the, the pandemic was now here, and it was upon us. Remember where you were at? Remember that fear? I remember that thinking, how are we going to navigate through this pandemic? How are we going to continue doing church? How are we going to shift to online? How are we going to keep people connected and cross you? How are we going to move through this season? Very fearful. Very overwhelming. Do you realize there are, studies have shown, there are over 2,000, 2,000 different kinds of fears that have been discovered. 2,000 different kinds of fear. Glossophobia, for example, is one of them. Glossophobia is fear of public speaking. Fear of doing what I'm doing right now. Some of you say, no way, no how. I'm never going to get up there and do that. Shoot me as it is because I never could happen. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Glossophobia. Uh, other phobias is aquaphobia, fear of water. Fear of water. Uh, there's another one called telephonophobia. It really is true. It's the fear of answering phone calls without having to filter on them. It's fear of taking unknown calls or taking calls from your family or your friends, and you're not prepared for it. It's why voicemail is so huge, and voice to text is even bigger, right? Because there's this fear that's out there. There's another one called hugophobia. It's the fear of pastors hugging you. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of fears. Uh, we all have these fears, but do you realize today there are only two fears you're born with? Two. Fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. Those are the only two fears we're actually born with, which means if we're only born with two fears, that means all these other fears have been created or cultivated by culture and by our raising around us. It means they're not natural. So if they're not natural fears, that must mean that God has a way of helping us navigate the fears in our life. Open your Bibles this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. We're going to read this today. Powerful portion of scripture. Uh, follow along with me if you would. Here it is. For God has not given us a spirit of what? A spirit of? Fear. Let's say that better. God has not given us a spirit of? Fear. But of what? Power. And of? Love. And of a? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Here's Amplified Version says it a little bit more amplified. Let me read this to you. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love, of sound judgment, and of personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Understand this, that this EQ that's broken inside of us is because we are giving in so many times to timidity, to fear that is not from God. I remember the, the place where I was at when it came down. I remember the fear that came upon me. But more importantly than all of that, I remember the staff praying and the staff crying out to God and the staff saying, we will not allow this to define our faith, because greater is our God than any pandemic that's ever come our way. So I want to talk with you today about how we become fearless in the face of fearful places. How do we find faith 
when there's fear so overwhelming us. And I want you to turn your Bible. This is, we're going to go to a portion of Scripture. Now, let me just give you a heads up. We're going to talk about a guy today. His name is Benaiah. Turn your name and say Benaiah. Now, just being very real today, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I would say 95% of you in this room, even if you've been raised in church your whole entire life, even if you've read the Bible a hundred times, 95% of you have never heard of this man named Benaiah. Right? That's okay. That's why you're here, right? Because we're going to learn today something about this man that we've never heard of, but why this man in all the Bible, listen, he only gets two verses about him. You're like, pfft, nothing. I don't know about you, but I would love to have two verses in the Bible any which direction, you know? I mean, this guy, it means that this guy, something was powerful about this guy that two verses were dedicated to him about this man, Benaiah. Let's read about him. Open your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, two verses, 20 and 21 is all we're going to read. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel who performed great exploits. What did he do? He struck down two of Moab's, Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day, and what did he do? He killed a lion. Goes on to say, verse 21, He struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the huge Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. That's cocky. (laughs) I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he brought a spear. He had a club, and he took the spear and killed him with his own spear. Who was Benaiah? Who was this man? Well, he was definitely not fearful. He was fearless. He was at the, this is some of the things that he did. Beniah, what we know about him, if you, you wouldn't find this from these scriptures, but what we know about him through studies is we know that he was, he was top five of soldiers in all of Israel. He was strong. He was valiant. He was loyal to King David. He also was a general in the Israeli army. In fact, he, had, he, was, a, he was a general over 24,000 troops, commanded them to go out and how to take and how to keep the land that they were taking in the day and time. He was captain of the king's David's bodyguard. He oversaw all of King David's training, recruiting to protect the king. He was very educated. He was a very valiant man. Benaiah was a guy that, even though he only has two verses, two verses that speak very highly about him, and out of those two verses, probably the one that I love the most, the section I'm going to pull out from is this. In verse 23, verse 20b, it says, he also went down, say it with me, into a pit on a snowy day, and what he do? He killed a lion. Father, help us today to see the lions in our lives, the things that cause fear in our hearts and our souls that paralyze us, that even cause us to hesitate. Help us, God, I pray, to chase the lions into the pit and see them destroyed because you have given us the strength and the faith to trust you with it. 
God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Fear. Uh, metaphorically speaking, this lion that Benaiah chased into a pit on a snowy day metaphorically could represent the fears in your life. What is that? What is that fear that causes you to lose sleep at night? What is that fear that causes you to lose breath? What is that fear in your life that causes you to, to have anxious thoughts, high blood pressure, even physical ailments that come against you because that fear is so overwhelming? And I want you to think about this today. That fear is your lion. That fear is the lion that is, that is chasing you down. The Bible says this. The Bible says uh, that our enemy of our soul is like a roaring lion, a prowling lion, seeking whom he may devour. And some of you today, metaphorically speaking, the lions in your life, the fears in your life, they seem to be more chasing you down than what Benaiah did by he chased the lion down into a pit and killed him. He didn't let the lion, he didn't get trapped in the pit. He went in the pit to chase the lion down to destroy the lion because he knew if that lion lived, he was going to cause more damage and more death than if he destroyed it right here, right now. And some of you, that's exactly what I believe God is going to say to you. Some of you, you're you're letting your fear chase you. Your fear is chasing you. It's controlling you. Your anxieties are being controlled by that fear. I'm telling you, we live in a very unstable world, but it's always been unstable. Hello? There's no such thing as complete stability. You know why? Because we're dealing with human beings and men and women who are flawed and, and who, are, who are failures and fault-driven, and so therefore, we can't trust them to bring about peace. Only God brings us his peace. We live in a very confusing world. We live in a, a place of unsafety. The world is a scary place. But we have to understand that the lions of fear that are around our life, we either are going to find them and chase them down fearlessly in faith, or they're going to find us and devour us and cause more, more harm than they ever could before. So I want to talk with you today about the difference between normal and fearless. See, normal people just say, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it always, always has been. Nothing's going to change. Fearless people say, you know what? I don't have to settle for where I'm at. I can do better because I know that God has better for me. Normal, let me just tell you something. Normal isn't working. Normal's not working because normal is why we're in the situation that we're in. Because people just settle for status quo and mediocrity, and now it's just the way it is. No, normal does not work. God is calling us to, to raise up and be a bunch of lion chasers and conquer our fears. If the church doesn't know how to conquer our fears, the world will never see the example of how to conquer their fears as well. Some of you today, what is the fear that you have? Some of you need to trust God for a situation in your life that's pretty big. <clears throat> and you know what that is. Others of you need to trust God for healing. Others of you need to trust God with your finances, uh, your economy. 
Others need to trust God for a job change. You need to trust God for uh, a, your future, like a college, and going to college and doing something. Trust God for that. Others of you, maybe there's a letter you need to write. You need to trust God for a letter you need to write to someone who hurt you or someone who brought harm in your life. Maybe you need to talk to someone in a relationship that's really been toxic and broken. Maybe you need to speak into a young person's life or a person's life that needs help. You have gifts and talents, but you're so scared and so fearful you're paralyzed to share them. Maybe you need to pray to take a step of faith that you've never taken before. Uh, others of you, maybe there's a relationship you need to make a phone call to, or you need to reach out to somebody. You maybe need to mend a relationship that's broken down. Whatever it is, whatever the lion is, chase him down and find him in a, snow, in a pit on a snowy day and watch God do the healing. Mark Batterson, a pastor that wrote a book actually titled In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, he says this. He says, as believers, we should be lion chasers. As believers, we should be chasing lions and not letting lions chase us. So I want to give you two thoughts, just very simply, two thoughts today about how to be lion chasers. First one is this. Lion chasers know that the bigger their God is, the smaller the lion's become. Do you hear that? Lion chasers know the bigger God is, the smaller the lions or the fears in our life become. When we see God who he is and his majesty and his greatness, our lions become, our fears become small. But so often we allow the lions or the fears in life be bigger than our God. Hello? Am I hearing? I'm preaching to anybody today. Good stuff, right? Preach to myself. Daniel and the lion's den. You guys heard the story if you grew up in church. If you didn't, real quick synopsis. Uh, King Darius got con was convinced that he needed to shut down praying to God. They should only pray to King Darius. King Darius puts out a decree. He only pray to me. What did Daniel do? Daniel said, Psh. He's nothing. He goes up. He not only prays in his house, but it said that he went up and he threw open the windows of his house and he sat at the, his house and he prayed so everyone knew he was praying to his God. He was not afraid of King Darius. And they say they came, they arrested him. King Darius puts him into a lion's den where they did not feed them for weeks at a time, hungry, ferocious lions. And here he is, sits in the lion's den. And here's what happens. The next day, King Darius couldn't wait to come and find out because he really cared for Daniel. He really cared for Daniel and cared for his, his well-being. But he had to follow what was said because he's king. But here's what it says. Daniel 6, 20, 20, 22. It says, when King Darius came near the den, he called Daniel in an anguished voice saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, has he been able to save you? From the lions. King Darius, verse 20, or Daniel said in verse 21, he says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels. And what did he do? He shut the mouths of the Because why? Daniel knew God was bigger than the lions that were in the den with him. And some of you today, that's what you need to understand. God is bigger than your fears. God is bigger than your fears. Say that with me. God is bigger than my fears. He is bigger. My God is all-powerful. 
My God is majestic. My God is holy. My God is omniscient. My God is omnipotent. My God is omnipresent. My God is king of kings and lord of lords. He's the prince of peace, the mighty one, the one who does the impossible. My God heals. My God saves. My God restores. My God does miracles. That's my God. Who's your God? Who's your God? I know who my God is. Do you know, do you know God? When the pandemic calls, when the economy shuts down, whatever wars and rumor wars are going all around me, I know my God is bigger. So I may be fearful for a moment because that's a natural response that I have, but I won't be paralyzed in fear because my God does the impossible and he delivers us from all the things that come our way. He is a friend. He is a strength. He is a source. He's a hope. He's my God, and he loves me, and I'm so grateful today that I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear a king. I don't have to fear a president. I don't have to fear a governor. I don't have to fear any dictator around the world. I don't have to fear Putin, because you know what? He's nothing but a poot head, so I don't really care. <laughs> I, we don't have to fear for God is bigger than all the lions in our life. And you know, just not making light of it, we have to pray for Ukraine. What is going on is an absolute atrocity. And we as a church, I just, just let you know, as a church, we already are financially giving to uh, uh, Samaritan's Purse, who is sending in humanitarian from the very day one, we started funding, started sending money their way, started funding them because we believe in the power of humanitarian need going in. Um, and man, pray for the missionaries. Those guys are on those planes and they're on those ships and they're getting there. And I'm telling you what, guys, they're going into battle zone all for the glory of God. We, can we just, let's do that. Let's do that right now. Do you bow your heads, Father? Sometimes we don't even know what to say. God, how we pray for you to resolve this, this war, this atrocity that's taken place, that God, you would bring about a resolve that would bring peace into a very unpeaceful place. God, we pray for the missionaries and for the people who are going in to those battle scars, the battle-torn areas. And God, they're, they're bringing food, they're bringing water, they're bringing supplies in. God, protect them, watch over them. God, we pray as they go in, you just cover them with your Holy Spirit and that, God, you would take them safely and that, God, lives would be touched even in Ukraine, God. And even for those soldiers, God, all soldiers, even for both sides, even those soldiers from the, from the Russian, they don't even want to do this, God. May you just somehow let them even see the, the light of Jesus even through this dark, dark place, God. We believe, we believe that, God, you can do the impossible. So we pray over this this war that has happened, God, that you would somehow resolve it and bring peace to it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God is bigger than our fears. God is bigger than our fears. Amen. Number two, last thought I want to give to you today. Lion chasers understand that playing it safe is risky. Playing it safe is risky. Now, I know some of you are out there going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was always taught, play it safe. Play it safe, don't get risky. Risky is dangerous. No, no, no. I'm here to tell you, 
If we are going to have true faith in God, he's going to call us to get out from the comfort zone of where we're at and to go into places. And if you stay safe, you will find yourself at worse places than if you just get out and do what God has called you to do. Here's what Hebrews 11, 6 says. It says, without faith, it is a what? It is, it is what? Say it louder. It is impossible to please God. We must have faith that we can only please God when we take steps and we take risk and we get out from where there's no such thing as risk-free faith. There's no such thing as you can't sit back as a Christian and not have to take some risk in life. In fact, I would say the majority of a Christian faith should be more risk than safety. Because when you play it safe, you don't see the victories on the other side. It's better to get out from the comfort zone of the safety you're in and find God meet you at a place of power and victory. See, Benaiah knew to have increased risk, it, mean, it meant decreased security, but it meant ultimate reward. What was his reward? Two verses spoke about a man that many of us have never heard of but yet he's there in the scriptures. Why? Because he took a risk. He went into a pit. On a snowy day, he killed a lion. He killed two of Moab's strongest and best men. He went against a huge Egyptian, and he took his spear, and he killed him with it. This man was a man who, did he have fears? I'm going to tell you right now. Every one of us have fears. He had fears, but he overcame his fears because he knew the risk was worth the reward. Stepping out was better than staying back. Fears in my life. What are fears in my life? I've always feared economic struggles. It's just it's part of my natural temperament. It's the bend I have. Um... I was really stupid, young, with money. A lot of charge cards, a lot of dumb buying, you know. Buy a expensive radio to put in my junk of a car. And the cars actually broke down, the radio's broke, I'm still paying for the radio, right? I have a huge fear of economic struggle. And so in my life, I... I set up all these safety things and I put all these places and things in place and I say, okay, well, this and then, and then this, this. I think about economic struggles a lot. And then I see $4 gallon of gas. Groceries whoosh, going up. My natural fear is to shut back, close in, tighten down, that's my natural fear. But then I remind myself, okay, since I was 18 years old, I believed in the principle of tithing. 10% returned back to the church. It, from the time I was able to get a, a job that actually made money, a job that actually worked on, a, on any kind of a part-time basis, I started tithing 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. Because here's why. I have learned the antidote to my fear of economy is not trusting the world's economy, but trusting God's economy. And, and, and I can say this to you because I'm a living testimony, guys. 
I'm a living testimony. When I, when I write a tithe check and I write it and I write 10% of, of whatever I make for the year and I return it back to God, trust me when I say, I go, I could do a lot with this, God. This could go good in my account. I like this. But then God reminds me, Kevin, fight your fear. Trust me. I can do more with 90 than you can with 100. And from that 18 years old, I won't tell you how old I'm now, I'm just more. I won't tell you how, but I'll tell you, 18 years, I have watched economies come and go. I've watched the economy up and down. I've watched job, I've watched our, our, our home economy, the income of our home, I've watched it go up, I've watched it go down. I, I've watched, there's times that I've said, I will go without if I had to, because I know that my God has me. That's my fear. What's your fear? What's your fear? Because let me tell you something. The way we combat our fear is to understand that God is bigger than the lions we're facing. They're not bigger than me. They're not bigger than God. They're, the lions are small. Itty bitty kitty. Right? You guys know I hate cats anyway. Right? I hate cats anyway. <laughs> but here's the deal. Our God is bigger. We chase our lions. We don't let them chase us. And we conquer the lions in our life, the fears in our life, because our God is bigger. And we step out and we take risk. We take risk to get out from where we're at. I fear. I have fears just like you. Just like every one of you, I have fears. I struggle with things just like you. But I've determined in my heart, I want to be a Benaiah. A Benaiah. I want to get out and I want to find that lion. I want to chase him down. Does there times that I pause? Yeah, there's times I hesitate. But by faith, I chase a lion in a snowy pit. I chase my fears down, and I say, wait a minute, you. Greater is the one who gives me strength than anything else. You cannot control me. Fear, you do not have me. I will not be controlled by this fear. I look around this room. I see so many men and women of faith that I have watched in my life stare fear in the face and say, get lost. One sitting right there today, Marilyn Crutchsinger. So Marilyn Crutchsinger was in the hospital just several weeks ago, and they said you wouldn't be out for months, didn't they? They were, they were saying she went, and she's sitting here today. She stood, she, she told the doctor, she said, I don't care what you say. I'm getting out. I'm going to church. <laughs> She's fear. That song that was written years ago, fear is a liar. Fear lies to us and paralyzes us. We don't have to listen to it. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to know that, God, we chase down the fears in our life. So many times, God, we, <laughs> we get paralyzed. We shudder. We back down. We, we hunker down. We even go feed on. We cry because of the fear around us. But God, I pray today we would be like Beniah. When Beniah would say, I found the lion. I'm going to chase the lion, and he's not going to cause any more harm in my life. I'm going to chase him down into a pit. I'm going to kill him and be done with this fear. God, that's what we need to do. Determine that playing it safe is risky. 
But God, you call us to get out from where we're at and know that you're bigger than our fears. You're bigger than all those struggles that we have. You, God, you ultimately deliver us from all our fears. For God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound, disciplined mind. No fear. With your head bowed and eyes closed today, just think about your fears today. This, this conclusion of this series, think about your fears today. What are they? And I want you right there where you're at, right here in this moment, to say, God, let me see and recognize this fear. But more importantly, give me the faith to step out and chase the fear down. For you are bigger than all my fears. You're bigger than all my fears.
We have no fear because you have overcome it all. We have no fear because we know the one who conquers fear itself. You nailed fear to the cross. You nailed fear to the cross for there was no fear of death, no fear of eternity. For Jesus, you took it all when you died upon that cross. So Lord, right now, we just pray in this moment in time. If you have a fear that you're struggling with, something that you've been going through, I just want you to lift your hands all across this place. If there's a fear that's been pressing on you, something that's kind of paralyzed you, something that's held you back, and maybe even you didn't even realize it until the day as this message was coming, you started to recognize this lion of fear that's around you and it's consuming you. And it seems like it's chasing you more than you're chasing it. And it seems like you could be overwhelmed by it with your hands raised all across this place. I want you just to say, God, I give you this fear. And I want you just to call that fear out between you and God right now. Just tell him what that is. I ask you, God, to help me. Help me to release this fear to you. Help me to chase this fear down. Help me to not, not be safe, but to get out from where I'm at and to trust you, God. You can do the impossible. Risky faith to overcome the lions in my life. God, you're bigger. It makes our lions really small. But that's who you are, God. Lord, I pray that you'll help us be lion chasers, that we chase them down. We conquer our fears and not let our fears conquer us. For God, we are fearless because you are greater than all our fears.
take that with us today. We have no fear for all the things of this earth will go strangely dim. We keep our eyes upon you. So go with us, we pray, until we meet together again. Let us conquer our fears, for greater are you, God, than any lion in our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.